Welcome to the Loft Podcast. We hope you enjoy this message and that it ignites in you a hunger for more of God's presence in your life. Um, so on Tuesday, my son and I are going to go on a 45-mile hike completely around Mount Hood. So please pray for me because <laughs> we're doing it, he and I. One year I went with John um, Marvin, and John, it was great because he had one of those like satellite things, so we, we always knew where we were, we could always call. This is like just me. And if you guys have ever ridden with me, directions aren't my big thing. So, so if you don't see me next weekend, <laughs> you'll know I'm still up at Mount Hood. Um, anyway, we're looking forward to it. We're going to have some bonding time. It's kind of been on my bucket list. It's, it's the Timberline Loop. It goes all around the, the mountain. It's going to be a lot of fun, just he and I to hang together. And, and I, I love it. I, I experience Jesus out there. It's such an, an interesting people on the trail. Um, when I went with John, man, I, I got to minister. We got to speak into the lives of a couple of these people that were on the trail, and they were blown away. It was really cool. So looking forward to that. Hopefully, this next week, as we're up higher, it will be cooler and not as hot. That's what I'm praying, so we're not sweating. Hey, would you guys open your Bibles to James? And um, I want to look at a couple things that kind of been downloaded in my heart the last few days. And as I speak to you guys, I'm just, I, whenever I speak to you, I'm, usually it's stuff I'm going through, stuff I'm experiencing. And I will always tell you I'm not ever an expert. I'm just sharing with you what I'm learning, what I'm going through. The only real expert is the Word of God, you know, the things that we read that I share with you that God speaks to us about to confirm and help us grow. But I'm just going to tell you some of what I'm learning on the journey I'm currently on right now. And and maybe I think you're on that journey similar. It's different for each person, but but similar. So I was praying to the Lord. I said, what do, what do you want me to speak about this week? And I heard God say, I want you to talk about how to make sense of things when they don't make sense. Because that's what I'm going through right now. There are things that just don't make sense in my personal life, in ministry, in the world. You look around, you go, it just doesn't make sense. Sometimes how people in the world think. I mean, you just look at some of the laws and some of the things that are, that are being promoted in our country. And I'm like, you're just like, that makes no sense to me. But the Bible and prophecy talks about in the end times, there'll be a great deception that comes upon people which they will call good, evil, and evil, good. And so we, we're, we're like, things just don't make sense. Or things like, you know, I'm, I'm personally experiencing people who are sick and getting crazy illnesses and cancers, and it just doesn't make sense. My, my close friend, who I've known for years, we went to Bible school together, was diagnosed with a brain tumor. This is the second friend of mine that's been diagnosed with a brain tumor. And he loves God. It's like, it just doesn't make sense. He's, it's, it's weird how, how, how these things are happening all around us. Or maybe today you're like in a situation that's financially, it doesn't make sense. Or you've got things going on with family and it, it doesn't make sense what's going on. Or things in your own life. Some of you have lost people close to you and it just doesn't make sense. And when we're in a place where things don't make sense, we're always going to that, where's God in this? What's he doing? Or what is he not doing? And if you're like me, it always kind of boils on these two things. Either I'm not doing something right, or I've made him mad, or maybe I'm like down here in God's like priority list. 
And sometimes people will like perform maybe for God. Maybe if I clean up my act a little bit. Maybe if I like try to be really good for a few weeks or or some people get angry and they just screw God. I'm gonna try something else. And it's so crazy to me because we're all created with this hole in our hearts that only God can fill. We try to find other things and and they just they won't fill it. In fact, I, I had an opportunity to meet with this young man this last week that he's, I, I'm calling him a pre-believer. He's involved in a lot of different things. He's a friend of Cindy's. I met him through Cindy. And, and man, we just talked for probably about an hour and a half about God. He asked me questions. He's, he's in a place in his life that we're probably on polar opposites in some things. But the Lord said, do not even talk about those things. Talk about the things that you agree on and let him talk. So in the midst of all of this, I'm asking that question, what, what, what is going on? What, how do we make sense of these things? How come when we pray sometimes it's like the thing we're praying for we don't always see? So should I quit praying? Am I praying wrong? I've wondered that. Am I praying wrong? Is it four more Hail Marys? Or what do I need? To, you know what I mean? And I think we kind of bargain with God. The, the problem with all that thinking is it all is about me. It relies on me. It's exactly what the enemy wants us to get into is this mindset of it, it, it relies on me. So, James, let's, let's go to Scripture first, and then I want to share a couple things with you. James chapter 1, starting verse 2. My brethren, count all joy when you fall into various trials. woo Yeah! The car died! Is that what that means? No. Things are going to happen. Life is going to happen. Things we just will never understand. And you've heard me say this. I love what Bill Johnson says. He says, if you want the peace that passes understanding, you have to give up your right to understand. It's true, right? I get so lost and I got to figure this out. And, you know, part of the problem is we are solution-oriented people. And there's always a solution to every problem. Sometimes the solution looks like this. Oh, sometimes the solution looks like this. Right? What's important from here to there is how we respond, how we react, what we think, how we believe, what we say, right? Count it all joy when you fall into trials and testings. Here's the deal. You can't make it go any quicker, but you can make it go longer. I love this route. This route is really frustrating. And I have to be careful with my mouth. And more importantly, I have to be careful with the thoughts I allow in my head. So when it says count it all joy, what does that mean? Count it all joy means I know that I'm not in this alone, that my Father is in this with me. He has something for my benefit and his glory, always. Why do, why do I know that? Because if he's a good father like we believe, everything is first filtered through his love for us. And he is a good father. He's not going to give us anything bad. And his goodness is not based on my behavior. And we all know that because we, none of us would be here. It's based solely on his character. So let's go on. It says, <laughs> 
knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience, the word we love. In other words, endurance. Okay? It says, my, 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 knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience, it produces endurance, let patience have its perfect work that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. Now, I want to con- explain that because a lot of people think that word perfect is like how some people try to live in the church. That word perfect means mature. So how I describe maturity is I, I have a, a grandson you've seen, and I have an, another grandson on the way, Noah, we found out. Then I found out last week my daughter Michaela is pregnant. So I must be doing this grandpa thing right because it's just increasing, which excites me, right? So you, you I lost my train of thought, what I was going to say. Um, oh, so now when they become toddlers, right, it's me and mine. Me, mine, right? And we're trying to train them to not behave that way. Basically, we're trying to train a toddler. It's not all about you, right? But a toddler, it's like all about me. That's called immaturity. Sadly, there are a lot of people who still live that way. We have a technical term we use called narcissism. Sadly, it's crept into the church. Because people shift and move churches if they don't get what they want. So what is God doing? God is after something in your life that is keeping you, because here's what I think maturity really is. Maturity is not how much you know. Because I, I, I'm going to say, I'm going to be really brutal. I know people who know a lot of stuff, but they're really kind of still stupid. So it's not, a, it's not about how much you know. You know what maturity really is? It's, it's in how much you love. Why? Why? How, how can you prove that? Because G, the Scripture says something really important. It says, they ask Jesus, what's the most important thing in the Bible? If that's the person you want to ask, if that's the person you want to know, that's the person to ask. What's the most important? He says this. He says, love the Lord your God with all your heart and love your neighbor as yourself. Everything hangs on those two things. Everything. So maturity is how much I love. So on this route, like sometimes we get this route. And it's, ooh, oh, that was really good. Sometimes the Lord's like, we're going to like remove the obstacles that keep you from receiving my love and giving my love. Because sometimes you're too focused on yourself. Here's what's so beautiful about God. When he looks at Luann, He's going he's gonna to do... And remember, it's not God going, ha, 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 it's going to be a rough week. Some people think God that way, right? Like Roz or on, um, what's that, on um, uh, Monsters, Inc., you know? Turn your paperwork in. That's God. People view God as that, right? God is looking at Luann because he's saying, as he's looking at Luann, he's looking at Steve and Susie. He's looking all around at everyone going, this is not just about you. So the things that keep us so self-entrenched, God is after, right? So the procedure of God has a purpose. Say that with me. The procedure of God has a purpose. Always. This always has a purpose. And in this, we're so frustrated. I don't understand. God's like, it's okay. You don't need to understand everything. How many of you told your children that before? You don't need to understand everything. Trust me. 
So could it be that God is saying, in order for me to increase your love, I have to increase your trust? Because if you're like me, I always, not always, most of the time, many, let, me, let me word it this way. A lot of the times, I take it into my own hands. And that's exactly what a toddler does. We're, we're, we're having Danny, we're seeing, he, he's experiencing some of that right now. So God's after maturity. So if it says it develops, let's go back to that. It says, so have its perfect way, lacking nothing. It says, knowing that your testing of your faith produces patience. Could God really be after our faith? And it's so important to understand why faith is so important. Because you have faith. All of you have faith. You have a measure of faith. You get in an airplane that flies 30,000 feet, and you have faith that the pilot knows what he's doing and that somebody checked out the plane and put gas in it. You have faith when you order a cheeseburger at McDonald's. You better have faith. You have faith. Every day you practice faith. It's what you put your faith in. Sometimes you put your faith in something and you get incredibly disappointed. There are people who put their faith in God and they have an offense with God because they're disappointed with God. And if you're in this place where I, I, things just don't make sense and you pick up an offense with God, it's a dangerous place to be. Bill Johnson said something that really stuck with me. Shelly shared it with me two weeks ago. The spirit of offense will gift you with the ability to hear things that were never said. That was a powerful statement because sometimes we'll believe lies or we'll twist things. I've had so many conversations with people who are offended and they, they, they're, they're repeating back to me things that were not said or they were twisted. That wasn't said that way. Where does that come from? The enemy. Well, we see it clear back in Genesis. He did it to Eve and to Adam. Well, if God really said, that's what's going on on this journey. The whole time, and you know what's so crazy is sometimes the enemy's voice is so much louder than God's. <sighs> and there's those times you cry in desperation, God! And instead of God giving you the explanation or the Google definition, he says, trust me. Why? There's something really powerful about this journey when you get to the end of it and you look back and you're like, whoa, he was with me the whole time. Your trust for him, poof, elevates. Doesn't mean this is easier. Doesn't mean there's mistakes along the way. But think about the things you look back on that you had no clue about last week or last year or five years ago that you kind of have some clarity on now. Remember, I'm, I'm preaching what I'm walking through, so I'm just sharing with you what I'm learning. What happens during this journey is we tend to lose hope and we tend to have our faith wane. So there's a couple things, that I, I, stories I want to share with you. One is, I, I was, just last night, this illustration came to me that our faith is not in our faith. That's performance-based. So if your faith is in your performance, I just got to get better. 
that you're a performer. All right? So it says, back to Scripture, it says, <laughs> but let patience have its perfect work that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. So maturity is God is wanting to perfect something in you. He's wanting to grow you up. So how he does that is faith is the currency of heaven. Love is the atmosphere. So Father wants you to spend faith, and he wants to give you. There's, there is no lack of faith in heaven. The lack is in our thinking. Because so many times in the process, we're only thinking of us. How is this going to benefit me? How am I going to get through this? How is God going to rescue me? And so many times we turn to something. So the analogy I got was so crazy. It's like faith is in not faith. It's not in how I perform. Faith is in the person of Jesus. Faith is in God's character. Faith is in who God is. For example, when my grandson Danny comes to me, he doesn't perform for me. He doesn't do something to get something from me. He just comes to me. He, there's sick, like he, ah! And then he does this as please. When he does, ah! And this, oh, man, what do you want? Right? He doesn't do this with the mindset, if I somehow perform for Papa, I'm going to get what I want. He knows my character. He knows my love for him. We question that with God because we tend to think everything we get is from God, either punishing us or doing something to us, when in reality what God wants to do is this end result where you get a bigger revelation of who he is and how much he loves you. Because if everything was always good all the time and it was never, it was always bunnies and chocolate, we'd never really realize how good God is. So in this process, this journey that we're on, where God is producing faith in us, He's developing faith. Think of it this way. God is a God of increase. His kingdom on Jesus rests government, Isaiah says. And his kingdom is about increase. Say that with me. Increase. God is always about increase. How can I produce more? How can I give you more? But God is not going to produce increase if you don't have the maturity to handle it. This is the trust maturity place. How many of you have watched those shows those, or, or you've seen where people win the lottery and all of a sudden they're just bombarded with a ton of money? Woohoo! We won the lottery! A few months later, they're way back where they were or they're worse than they were before they won the money. I mean, you read, it's factual. And we think, oh, not me, boy, if I had that money. I, I'm telling you what, things happen. People all of a sudden become your friends. Well, the government will take a good amount of it. So, you know, you get your money and then the government has their. So you look at, how does that happen? Do you know how that happens? Because people did not have the maturity to handle the blessing, to handle the increase. They just didn't know how to handle the money. 
So if all of a sudden God is giving you all this stuff, all these answers, right when you want them, I want this journey. God's like, you're not going to be able to handle it. I have to mature you. Another analogy is this. This is an apple from my tree. My grandson and I eat one of these probably every day. I went out to the tree. I was a little shocked this year. It's loaded. But all the apples are about this big. Because I forgot to prune it last year. A couple years ago, the apples were like three times this big. Now they're all like growing in like a clump. Because I didn't prune the tree. So I'm getting a lot of apples, but not big apples. Well, yeah, it's, it's, both, it's like, when you look at it, it looks like a lot of fruit. It's just not big fruit. It's not like, whoa. Why is, why is fruit important to God? Why is this important to him? Because fruit carries the seeds of reproduction. God always wants to reproduce something in you so he can reproduce it in someone else. He's always about increase. But sometimes before an increase, there's a decrease. We see that with Gideon. Sometimes in our lives, it feels like God's taking things away. Why am I in the takeaway season? I have seen that in almost every area of my life. From friends to church to finances to health. And if I didn't turn to him, I would have like lost it a long time ago. Because you experience things that are disheartening in this walk. But my hope is always that he knows what he's doing. And verse 5 says this, and this is what we forget. If you're on this journey, this, this one, Right? Verse 5 says, if any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God who gives to all liberally and without reproach, it will be given to him. What's the difference between knowledge and wisdom? Spiritual knowledge is when God tells you something you would have never known before. That's why sometimes prophetic words that people give you, words of knowledge, they could only know them from God. Wisdom is when God tells you what to do with the knowledge you just received. So asking God questions in this process is not wrong. God, I need wisdom right now. Complaining and being critical is not good. Give me your eyes because this is so important that we hear this. Because I've made this mistake. Remember I told you that you'll stay in it longer? Who do we know in Scripture? What story do we know in Scripture where they complained and murmured and they stayed in it for 40 years? we got to learn from history. Complaining gets you nothing. I don't care how long. Those of you that work in an industry that deals with people, don't you love those customers that complain about everything? I didn't want that much ice in my drink, Right? I think I'll throw this drink on you. The child is always complaining. Nobody wants to bless that kid. You want to do something else to that kid. 
Why would we think our Heavenly Father is any different when we're in a season of things we don't understand? If all that's coming out of our mouth is complaining and criticism and a lack of gratitude, he's like, you're going to take another turn this way. Right? I don't like this. I know you don't. But the same biblical principle of the Old Testament is the same for the New Testament. If you're critical, if, you're, if you talk about people, if your mouth is like not a healthy mouth, you're going to be in it longer and you will not enter into his rest. Even Hebrews says that. So about a month ago, this is what the Lord told me. Your mouth. This. What is faith? Faith is declaring things that I may not see here but I see here, and I know there. Faith is declaring, this is who I am. Because the battle is in the mind. This is where, where things take place. This is where our faith gets tested. It's in the mind. It's, that's, where the, that's where the problem is. We start to hear. Remember, we hear these voices. Also, I want to encourage you, be careful how we sh you share your problems. I need prayer. Can you pray for me? Because... Sometimes we want sympathy from a friend instead of breakthrough from a person of faith. Or we just want to complain, and we hide it in prayer. Sometimes God doesn't, and Shelly is so good, she reminds me this all the time. Sometimes God does not want me to go to man. Sometimes I just want somebody to go, it's okay. Now, I'm not saying we need that sometimes, right? We need that. But sometimes I'm like, I bypass him to go to him. Do you know why? Because I might have an offense with him, or I might be thinking, I've already talked to him about this. He's not doing anything. What if God just wants you, <laughs> this is what I was told. What if God wants you to quit just seeking him for answers and just seek him for his presence? I think, in a natural way, that's what I love the most about my grandson, Danny. He just wants to be with me. We can be out. He's so funny. I'll be out watering the garden. He just wants to go with me while I water the garden and play in the dirt. He doesn't do anything. He's just with me. And if I start to leave, he's ah! I don't care what we do. He just wants to be with Papa. So I know God's not human. He's God. But if I think of him like a father, which he is, the Bible says he is the perfect father, can you imagine your desire to just want to be with God, how that must make his heart feel? Why else would God mess with us? Unless he wants that from you too. God does not need a single thing from you or me. Nothing. Sometimes when Danny thinks he's helping me, he's not. I know this for Hannah. She's running around the house. He's here. Right? This is my favorite. Here. When he's eating something. I just want to share. Oh, you don't have to share. Thank you. Sometimes we're the same way. We think we're helping God when we're not. That's why people who, like, put all of their investment in their ministries and their titles and their positions and their money and their buildings and their this and their that. 
It's like a fart in the whirlwind. Work as hard as you want. You know what I mean? Just keep working, right? You're missing the whole point. Now, I'm not saying that that's, that's awesome that God's given people successful business, but that's not true success in the eyes of God. Because God can take thousands of men and, make, and whittle them down to 300 and still have the victory. And when God says he wants all the glory, he wants the glory because he wants people to see him through you. Not so much how, oh, like God is, oh, but how much God loves you. That's what attracts people. God really loves you that much. He really does. What about all the bad things you go through? He loves me through those. I would rather go through really bad things with God than go through really bad things without him. Because there are times I just cry. I don't know what to do. I just cry. I just weep. I don't know what to do. And literally, because of my, his presence, and, and I've learned to hear his voice, I just feel him come, and it's like, it's okay. It's okay. And I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. But just knowing that him, he's saying it's okay, and he's right there. Is like when little Danny gets afraid or doesn't understand what's going on. I pick him up and I hold him and it's, it's okay. I don't have to explain things. It's so weird how I don't have to explain things to Danny. I just hang with him and I love him. Isn't that what you think God is after? I think he's after that kind of faith. Childlike faith, it says in the Bible. It's so crazy because it says... That he's after childlike faith. That doesn't mean he wants us to act childish, but he wants us to have childlike faith. So could this journey that we're on is about God producing, strengthening our faith. He's, he's saying, ask me for wisdom. Then verse 6, look what it says. But let him ask in faith with no doubting. For he who doubts is like the wave of the sea, driven, driven and tossed back and forth by the wind. For, for let not that man suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord. He is double-minded, a double-minded man, unstable in all of his ways. What that means is it's people who go from belief to unbelief, from belief to unbelief. So the word doubt, it's important to understand that word. Doubt is not questioning God. Remember I said it's okay to ask questions. Doubt is unbelief. Doubt is when I just don't believe God. You would not believe how many unbelieving believers there are in the church. They just go through the system. They go through the routine. They do what they think they're supposed to do, especially on Sundays, and then they live the rest of their week for themselves. Unless something gets really hard or they get a diagnosis from the doctor that they don't want, and then all of a sudden, they believe God again. I want to be like the man that says, I believe, Lord, help my unbelief. Yes. To go with what you're saying, for those of us who come from really messed up families, are you explaining that childlike faith doesn't doubt? No, childlike faith can doubt. 
That's, that's that, that questions. I have questions in my mind. I don't understand this. Unbelief is when you don't believe God is capable to do what he's promised he will do. When you just, a good illustration was Thomas in the Bible. Thomas doubted. I don't believe it's Jesus. Only if I touch his wounds will I believe. What does Jesus do? Touch here. He answered his doubt, his questions. Unbelief shuts the door for God to even reveal himself to you. Unbelief is a mindset. And there are so many people in the world today that have limited God or just don't believe God. Or here's another one. We've got to be very careful, this illustration. We've got to be very careful that we don't define God on our terms. That's a form of unbelief. So let's say this bottle is God. Some of you have seen me use this before. This bottle is God. So Becca, Becca uh, this is how she views God, her view. This is who God is to her. Yep, okay. Luann has this view of God. All right? Yeah. Hannah has this view of God. I have this view of God. Cindy has this view of God. All of a sudden, you've made God schizophrenic. He just does what you want. There's so many people that, well, there's like all these gods. They just, they, they, they just kind of, this is, God's like Santa Claus to me. That's why people get offended with God. He's like the vending machine when he does not perform. I put my quarters in. Here's, how God, here's what God says. This is who I am. This is what I've done. This is what I will do. You have to come to me. Because I don't change. I don't shift. I'm not double-minded. I'm not unstable. I'm not fickle. You don't, have to care, you don't have to question my character. I've remained, always will remain. You come to me. The problem was in the Old Testament before Jesus, we couldn't go to God. We did have to perform. In the Old Testament, we had to perform. And the whole purpose of the Old Testament was to show us we couldn't do it on our own no matter how many cattle we killed. So God sends Jesus, who's perfect, who's with God, to come down, take our place, die like us, pay for the price, to give us access to God. What's so crazy is it says in John, as he is, so are we on this earth, which means when God looks at you, he sees Jesus. So if you're doing this with God, you're going to get frustrated because he doesn't play that game. He doesn't play that game because he is firm in who he is. Finally, the Lord told me this. Remember I told you, am I seeking God for answers or am I just seeking God to be with him like Danny is with me? When the mind is offended, the heart is conflicted. Double-minded man, stable in all his ways. When my heart is offended, or when my mind is offended, my heart is conflicted. Now, I want you to, I want you to hear this because some of you may not think you have an offense with God. I didn't think I had an offense with God. It's God. How can I have an offense with God? 
let's 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 look at the word offense and let's look at it this way. A a fence. Like in your yard. Is there any kind of an a fence between you and God? And not a fence that he built, it's one that you've built. You've got parameters on him. You've got ideologies about him. You've got views about him that are not correct views. And I'll be honest with you, if you grew up in the church, I would question some of your views on God. I I can't believe he just said that. Some of us in church, if we've been in church for a long time, have had a lot of doctrine that's been man doctrine. We were taught to perform in church, or we were taught it was about us. Not everything, but I'm saying there's a lot of stuff in church that we have to unlearn. Well, isn't that dangerous? Couldn't we be deceived? Don't unlearn it without this. Don't believe every wind, everything that comes. You'll be, then you'll be that. You'll be on this road even longer. And not only, will, not only will it go this way, but it will go this way, and it will go this You don't want to be on that road, right? So could it be that Father has you and I on this road, and, and he's not, we're not alone. He's with us. You know what, what? I didn't tell you this. You probably saw it in church. This is the weirdest thing. Once again, I'm talking about Danny. I have all these new illustrations with my grandson. It's amazing. When he was really, really little, it freaked Hannah out because I'd put him on my shoulders, do you have a hold? You got him? Is he going to fall? I have him. He's with Papa. Are you holding on to him? Yeah, I got a hold of him because he was pretty little. And what I would do is I, I would hold my, my, put my arm around his back. Now, part of the reason I did this is because my back is sore and it was hard to carry him like this all the time. So it was easier to carry him up here. Guess what? It's the weirdest thing now because we've been doing this for months. There's a sense of security for him up here. He, he, will make, he, he makes gestures that he wants up here. So sometimes in church, I'll put him up here, and he's happy as a clam. And we're all trying to guess, well, maybe it's because he can see higher. That could be it. Maybe his perspective is different. Maybe he feels safe because nobody can grab him because sometimes people want to hold him, and he's like, I don't want to go to anybody. I don't know why he likes up here. I just know he likes it. Here's the crazy thing. That's exactly where God wants you and me. I don't want people to take you, says God. I don't want bad people to take you. Or sometimes God says, I don't even want good people to take you because I just want you for me for a while. God says, I want you up here because I want your perspective to be higher. Sometimes God wants you, by faith, to see things like this and not like this. If your faith is always like this, that's exhausting. Well, how do I get there? It's called surrender. All Danny does is this. I have to surrender my mind. I have to surrender my will. I have to re-surrender my emotions. I have to surrender my thoughts. And then God will put you spiritually on top. It may not feel like that. Here's what's really crazy. 
And I'm going to pray this with you guys today. What if, I want this picture in your head. I want it to be stuck in your head like glue. What if on this journey that you're on like this, you're up here? Whoa. Could that be? Why couldn't it be? What if you're up here, but you don't know you're up there? What if the end result of your journey that feels like this is a greater revelation of his love, his character, and his goodness? Because he doesn't want you to have apples like this, even though they're cute in lunchboxes. He wants you to have apples that have some meat to them. That's just how he is. How do I know that? Because anything I can give my grandson, I'm going to do it. As long as it's okay with his mom. Right? Why would, our, why, would our, why would our Heavenly Father not be any different? So when you're in that place and nothing makes sense, try, quit trying to figure out how to make sense out of it and just surrender and say, God, I'm going to trust you in this prayer. And I know it's easier said than done, believe me. And I blow it so many times, but I have to stop and remind myself it's about his character, not my performance. Would you stand with me this afternoon? Say this with me out loud because it's good for our ears to hear it. He's working all things out for my good, for my blessing, for my benefit, and for his glory. Could you guys, let me just say it this way when I say for his glory. How many of you have ever heard somebody's testimony and it just rocked you? Yeah? Yeah? You just, you hear a story and you're like, oh my gosh. That's for his glory. Now the person who told you that story, they had to go like this. Right? You can't have a testimony without a test. Just don't do the money while you're taking the test. Because then you, God gets the glory. People look at you. That's why the Bible is so powerful when it says we overcome him by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony. The enemy gets defeated because somebody looks at you and goes, if, he, if God can do it for them, he can do it for me. You bet he can. It's beautiful. So, Father, I thank you for these amazing people. Thank you for the journey that we're on. Some of us have experienced incredible loss, incredible pain, We've lost family. We've lost friends. We've experienced loss in this church. Things, Father, that we've experienced together that, Lord, were painful, that, that really, Lord God, if, if, we, if we look to you, they've brought us closer together and they've brought us closer to you. I thank you for the people in this fellowship that have not lost their faith, that have continued to plow through, walk that road trusting you. I thank you for the people in this fellowship, Lord God, that have anchored their faith in the character of God. Even though the wind is blown and there's been questions and there's been mistakes along the journey, I thank you for people, Lord God, who've stood up and said, I choose Jesus. 
Give us that kind of tenacity so that we, Lord God, can help other people redeem them from the mess they're in, from the places of pain. We thank you that you love us so much. You love us as we are. You love us for who we are. But your love will never leave us where we are. Bless your people this week. Give us divine appointments. Cover us with grace and mercy this week. Thank you, Father, for your great love. Increase our capacity to receive love and give love. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. If you were inspired by today's message, be sure to hit subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you stream your podcast. For more information about The Loft or for gathering times and locations, you can check out our website at www.theloftnw.org or find us on Facebook and Instagram. Thanks for tuning in, and we hope you'll join us again next time.